Now, when a person goes missing, the family often reports that not knowing what happened is excruciating, at times even more excruciating, they say, than knowing with certainty that a loved one is dead. Every year, hundreds of migrants die trying to illegally cross the U.S.-Mexico border. We know because their bodies are found in the desert. But because many remains are unrecognizable, the families don't know what happened, only that the migrants never arrived at their destination. That's where Robin Reinecke comes in. She's a cultural anthropologist with the Pima County Missing Migrant Project in Tucson, Arizona. Her task? To identify the dead, often through the few possessions that are found with the remains. Reinecke says the number of unidentified bodies in Arizona alone is staggering. The Pima County Office of the Medical Examiner has records for 767 unidentified remains dating from 1990 to the end of 2012. You know, it's important to note that the majority of those have been found between the years 2000 and 2012. And who finds the remains in the desert? A lot are found by Border Patrol. Also, most of the remains in Pima County, where I work, a lot of the remains are found on the Tohono O'odham Indian Reservation. Ranchers, hikers, hunters are also finding remains. The bodies arrive to your lab. Do you intervene at any point in between, or do you have to conduct forensic investigations? I don't do that part. The part that I'm really focused on is actually well after the bodies are brought in. And once we've basically determined that the body is going to be difficult to identify, or once the body has been there at the morgue for a while and still is unidentified. And that's when I get involved as far as the dead. Robin, I I imagine that you start accumulating enough evidence uh, from some of these uh, victims that people's real-life narratives start occurring in your mind. Yeah. Things that really stand out to me, I think, are the things that relate to my life. Washington State driver's license, for instance. Um, A lot of these people are carrying blockbuster cards. You know, they're carrying their Fry's membership cards, Sam's Club cards, you Mm -hmm. know, things like that 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 you or I would have in our wallet. When I find stuff like that, it breaks down the the boundaries between my life and, and their life. You know, I found pictures of dogs, comic strips. There's also a lot of photographs of people's family members of their kids, and you can tell that they're kind of dog-eared and that they've been worn and touched and carried. You can sense people's presence in things, just, just the nature of a very worn shoe, a belt that has always been used at the same exact notch, Mm. even though the person was found as bones. And so we can kind of start to estimate maybe how how big the person was. So some of the things really help us um, like that, for instance, in terms of identification. And then some of them, I think, are more symbolic or meaningful and help us to learn about what's happening on the border. So uh, when you have one of these challenging cases and and it is finally you're able to identify that you then contact the relatives, what do you say to them? Typically, when I'm involved in this type of case, I've been in touch with the relatives before I'm able to give them that news. So for the families that I've actually spoken with, I will call them to find out if we can proceed with the comparison Mm -hmm. um, or if, if we can rule that person out as a match. It's never as simple as the phone call in the night that you dread and then you have the horrible news and then it's over. For these families, unfortunately, the possibility of the horrible news goes on sometimes for months 
because we're trying to get dental records or we're trying to ask them about tattoos. We're trying to find out if they can go to a local station in their country or in their state and submit a DNA sample and go through the bureaucracy of, of a DNA comparison. This sounds like really intense work. Does it spill over when you get home? I mean, is there a particular case that stays with you? Yeah, definitely. I uh, One case that that sticks out in my mind is a, a friend of mine whose sister went missing. I say a friend of most of these people. I, I wouldn't say that, but I established particularly a close bond with this woman. And her sister went missing in um, 2005, and we still haven't found her body. I'm looking regularly for her, and um, I know exactly what she was wearing. She was wearing white tennis shoes and blue jeans and a jacket that her son had given her. She was actually crossing with a very young child who made it, and he had to leave his mother behind in the desert. That's intense stuff. Yeah. Robin Reinecke, thanks very much. Thank you, Marco. Robin Reinecke with the Pima County Missing Migrant Project in Tucson, Arizona. This is PRI.